welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points. And a very exciting episode of 81 Points. How was your... How was your week? I don't oh, know. Oh, man. You know... Uh, anything happen? Anything newsworthy come up <laughs> or anything for you? Um, you know, it started off as just like a just like a normal week, you know, like any just any other normal week. Just the whole hum. Yeah. Another day in the office. <laughs> right. Until the big news of the week. And I'm not just talking about... I'm not talking about the Toronto Raptors winning the, the title. Congrats to them. <laughs> but... Don't you feel like that was just secondary to... Of course. Right? I mean, I feel like it's not just in L.A. Um, you know, obviously in Toronto, that's the top story. Congra- again, congrats to them for winning the, uh, their first ever uh, NBA title. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the headline stealer, as usual, the Los Angeles Lakers trade for Anthony Davis... I'm looking at the front cover of Yahoo Sports right now, and it's, it's not about the parade. No. It's not anything Raptors-related or Warriors-related, for that matter. It's uh, a little trade that went down this past weekend. So, okay, obviously we're going to get to the AD trade, and we're going to talk about what that means. We're going to talk about what we think is going to happen from here on out. But I think out of respect... For what we uh, witnessed this past week, we should recap the rest of the NBA Finals. And I want to start off today by manning up and issuing a public apology to <laughs> Kyle Lowry. I got to say, you know, we, we've been shit-talking Kyle Lowry for quite some time now. In the, throughout the playoffs. Yeah, throughout the playoffs. And uh, I got to say, you know, on the record, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Wow, so you, you, are, you are taking it back the whole way, you're saying. So you... Well, I have, to, I have to give a man credit based on results, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, as much, as much as we've shitted on him for the past couple of weeks here, uh, he came up big. You know, he yeah. had the biggest game of his life in the biggest moment of his life and uh, certainly was one of the key factors in why the Raptors were able to close out the NBA Finals on the road. They beat the Warriors uh, three times, three times in their home court. I don't think that's ever happened in the finals ever, actually. Has it not? Yeah, maybe Which not. Which is in itself a huge feat. Uh, you know, I will. Yeah, I, I can't say anything bad. I was about to say something bad right now, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not. So I'm sorry, Kyle Lowry. You deserve all. Hold the on, what, what were you gonna say? Were you, were you gonna say that it's you know with the caveat that that KD and Clay Thompson were out? Or no, no. I was gonna say that um, to me, he's still not like a number two option. Kyle Lowry. Oh yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I, okay. So you're 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 walking it back, and you're you're trying to give. But for me. I still don't buy it. I think he played a, a good game, um, <laughs> you know. But honestly, I feel like they they won it 
maybe not in in spite of him or despite him, but like he was doing them no favors in in, in at least a couple of those games. Yeah, you but know? here's so. the thing though: it's like when it when it comes down to it, we're gonna we're gonna come to conclusions on these players based on how they perform in these moments. Sure, and. You know, whether we believe it or not, he played huge in that clinching game. And so I think history is going to look back and remember him much more favorably now. Sure. You know, yeah, that's, that's fair. Like that's people fair. are saying now that he has a Hall of Fame case. Oh my God, um, you're kidding me. People are saying that no way he's the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time now. Well, I mean, that's debatable. Yeah, sure. Um, I would I would still argue and say that Kawhi Leonard, even though he's <laughs> one season, for one season, he's the greatest wow. rapper of all time, based on based on the impact that he had on that team. Okay. Um, but I mean, the, the, I, the Larry's gonna Lowry, get his, Lowry's yeah. gonna get his number retired. That's for sure. Yeah, and the case for him yeah. being the greatest Raptor of all time is very warranted. Too. Very warranted. And very warranted. I wouldn't begrudge anyone who believes that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So congratulations to Kyle Lowry. That was a legacy maker for him. Uh. For every time we... You know what? Hold on a second. I think we should label this podcast the legacy maker, you know? Because I think all kinds of implications of legacy and what that implication is and, you know, what happens from here on forth is... This is what this podcast is about. Is about. This is about legacy making and legacy building and all that entails. Yeah, I mean, we're... That's a common theme here. Yeah, I mean, we're... We're obviously like Lakers fans, and this is a Lakers podcast. And for for the Lakers, that's what it's all about: is legacy. It's not. It's nothing about having a good year or even you know having a nice career, so to speak. It's more about. It's a grander um, scale when it comes to Lakers yeah. basketball. You know, it's about championships, and it's not their, even about impact in on basketball. Right. Period. It's know? not even about winning one championship. That's how huge. Not one, not, not two, two, not three, <laughs> not four. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, so that that's very correct. But in the case of the Toronto Raptors, I mean, they were a franchise that was mired in mediocrity for as long as they've been around, and they finally got over the hump. So you got to give them a ton of credit. Uh, let's talk about the let's let's quickly talk about the finals before we get into the Lakers stuff. Okay. Um, you know. As as we've as we've been basketball fans for a very long time, we've come to uh, realize that on your way to a championship, there's there is luck involved too. You know, there's a lot of factors at play. Uh, we do feel like that in general, the best team always wins, but <clears throat> we can't help but to say and point out that there's luck involved too, and. Let me ask you the question. Clay Thompson obviously tore his ACL in the third quarter of Game Six. Had he stayed healthy for that game, do you think that the Warriors would have gone to win that game? Uh, very possible, but I would not. Um, I I don't think it's fair to make that claim that it was. It definitively would have meant that the Warriors would have won. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, at this point. I, I mean, and you, I, you know from, from you know, numerous conversations, but even in the last podcast, that by game five, 
the Raptors had got they they've garnered my utmost respect. You know, I I even said on 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 the pod that I would not be surprised if if the Raptors were to win uh, in in Golden State to to close it out. And yeah. lo and behold, they did that. And yeah, you know, Clay got injured, but they're they are so good this series that I. I would have totally believed it if Clay, with a healthy Clay, that they could could have still won Game Six. Yeah, I mean, I I you know, in my opinion, I feel like the Warriors would have probably won Game Six if Clay stuck around. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Toronto would have taken Game Seven anyway, so it's kind of a moot point. Yeah. Uh, the the bigger implications with his injury is going forward, obviously with free agency and things like that, but. Uh, when it comes to results, I feel like injury or no injury to Clay Thompson, uh, Toronto probably was the better team, and they would have taken the series regardless. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was. I thought it was really clear that the Raptors were a better team than the Warriors, and this is, you know, this is with the caveat that that KD was not. You know, sure. On the squad, I you know with KD, Full KD, a healthy KD. Yeah, it, yeah. That's that, yeah. that's pretty. That seems pretty obvious. But you know, without KD, I thought it was very apparent that the Raptors were the better squad. This wasn't to me. This wasn't like a Detroit Pistons, um, Golden State, or I'm sorry, Detroit Pistons Lakers type of finals um, deal where you know you knew that the Lakers were the better team, but the the Pistons came in and just kind of you know. Uh, they they took it for various other factors. Um, to me, watching this series, I just thought that the Raptors were clearly, um, just clearly a better team, and I would even venture to say better coach team too. Uh, I thought Kerr made some pretty head scratching, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, rotations and stuff. Okay, so. yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard didn't even have like a super dominating performance, and yeah. yet they still won on the road. Yeah. against uh, a team that was going up for a three-peat, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it looked pretty... Now that we can look back at it, it, it's, it seems pretty clear that Toronto was a better team. Yeah, and I, I will fully take responsibility. I will eat crow because I didn't give them a chance going into this finals. Yeah, you know? neither did I. So Neither did I. Uh, seriously, congrats to that, that, that franchise, like that city. Um, you know, we have our little group text with our with our friends, and um, you know, <laughs> we have some friends that are supposed Laker Laker fans that just have been going hard <laughs> for the Warriors, which will for Very the life of will for the life of me, I will never understand. Um, but you know, I it it kind of got me rooting for the Raptors, rooting for Kawhi. Um, you know, just for the simple fact because I don't. You know, there's just nothing that you could really hate on Toronto for. Like, what? Why? Like, what is there to hate? You know, it's a great city, um, one of the most culturally diverse uh, cities in the world, if not the most. Um, yeah, and you got a very likable superstar in Kawhi. Uh, all those players are very likable. So, you know, it's just it, it was it was a really cool thing to see um, Toronto take their first title. So let's talk about Kawhi for a second. He's I think he's 27 years old. And at this point, he is... And looking at just at the top of the peak of his powers right, right. right now. So let's, see, <clears throat> let, let's recap what he's done so far in his career. Uh, two-time champion, 
two-time finals MVP. Uh, finals MVP for two different teams. In different conferences. A two-time defensive player of the year. Only been done one other by one other player, Hakeem Olajuwon. Okay, <clears throat> yeah. So what is his ceiling at this point in terms of like oh, where man. can he end up in the overall scheme of greatest players of all time i so i think now and it's so crazy this is so crazy this is and i'm glad you know what it's this podcast it truly is the legacy podcast we're talking about legacies right now right and it's I, i'm just gonna say it's so crazy that um that going into this year Kawhi was kind of an afterthought almost, you know? People understood and recognized that he was obviously a really great talent. He was obviously a fantastic player. But, you know, no one was, you know, no one was saying, oh, he's an historic player. Oh, he's like this, 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 this transcendent talent or anything like that. I don't well, think there, it- were, there were two big things working against him. Um, you know, one, he was coming off an injury and people right. were wondering what was going to happen with him. Right. And two, I think there was this smear campaign against him. Sure. With how, you know, things went down with his departure from the Spurs. Right, right. Exactly. For all those things that you just um, uh, expressed. But in, it's so crazy how in a span of, a, of the course of a year, now, with, you know, with the championship, another championship under his belt, with another MVP award, a finals MVP under, award under his belt, like, now I'm... I'm I'm thinking like this guy, he has a chance to be sort of like an inner circle Hall of Famer. Like he has a yeah. chance to be like a Mount Rushmore type of type of uh, player. Yeah, I mean, I think at this moment he's definitely uh, top three in the league. I would say, yeah. um, you know, you would put him in the same class as LeBron and KD in this moment. I mean, I would put him above KD because you know I, I know some people are saying. You know, I think you included feel like he's still a, you know, super special talent, even in spite of the uh, Achilles injury. But I'm not, I'm not 100% convinced of that. And even if you are convinced of that, I think you got to at this point put a healthy Kawhi above KD, you know? I mean, you can, I, make, I think, a, you can make a very strong case. Yeah. Because he, the, the Defensive Player of the Year awards. Right, without it, yeah, volumes. without his out. So I think, you know, Kawhi is in a very unique and very crucial point in his... He's sort of at a crossroads right now in his career because he could, re- you know, he could really start, um, you know, putting a lot of, like, awards and, and accolades to his, to his name, um, to his ledger right now going forward. So... Um, it's really interesting, but yeah, he he's he's got a chance. Yeah. Okay. So we Kawhi's uh, trajectory is definitely trending up. On the flip side, uh, well, one Steph Curry. <laughs> you know he's uh, he had a he had an opportunity there to really uh, yeah you know uh, silence some doubters in his corner you know and uh he, he had, had that look he had that three he had a really good look he had a really good look um a, a very makeable shot for steph's standards oh he'll make that yeah in his sleep and uh it it ended up uh falling short i think there's like a statistic out there that he's like 
0 for 9 in like those game winning shot moments in playoff games or something like that. Yeah. I think Steph Curry, you know, as much as he is the darling of the NBA, and he's kind of still is at this point, uh, he's, he took a little hit to his legacy, I feel like, based on, based on these NBA finals. Fair or unfair, I feel like that's kind of where uh, the direction is headed for him. Yeah, I, I you know, and it's, I, I feel sort of vindicated, you know, because <laughs> you, and you know me, and I've been shitting on Steph Curry for a while now, and I feel somewhat vindicated because he has time and time again, like, not really proven that he's, he's just that, and look, he's a Hall of Famer. I think that's, we, we, that's, I don't even, we don't even need to debate that, right? He is the greatest shooter of all time, right? But I'm talking about, again, like what we were saying about Kawhi, inner circle type of Hall of Famer. We're talking about like, you know, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe. Well, actually, I don't want to put Kobe right there. That's, that's debatable. That's for another pod. But I'm talking about, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, the inner, inner circle, Mount Rushmore type of uh, Hall of Fame category, you know? And... I think people were putting him, Steph Curry, in that in that category. He was definitely headed in that direction. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And you know, my whole point was that you know what? That's uh, you can't say that because he hasn't he hasn't proven that yet. Still, and like you said, he had a perfect chance to do that. You know, the the seriously, the conditions were so perfect for him to step up and build. Actually, not even just build, but really cement his legacy, you know? Because his yeah. team, you know, we said at the beginning that the Raptors were clearly the better team, but they were not that much better. This was still a pretty damn even squad minus KD, you know? And a very, very hot, a very, very uh, playing up to his capability Steph Curry you know, would have put the Warriors over the top. And that would have just, you know, everyone would have been talking about how he put the team on his back. You know, KD was injured. Clay went down. Steph Curry steps up, and he just carries his team to a championship, to a three-peat. I, I mean, that, that would have changed. We, wouldn't, we would be talking about something completely different today if that was the case, Yeah, you know? He was 6 of 17, 3 of 11 from 3. Just didn't have a good game, you know, no. by his standards. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a valid, I think it's a valid argument to say that, you know, he still needs to learn how to rise to the occasion in those moments. Yeah. And, and it's, it, you know what, it, it's the, the funny thing is that he's almost like a victim of his own success is it, it makes it look even worse when you are quote-unquote, the greatest shooter of all time when you shoot poorly in the most crucial uh, moments. Yeah, if you're, you know? that, if you're that good in the regular season, then you expect... Yeah. I mean, you expect all your star players to perform better right. in the playoffs. But, but I'm saying Steph Curry in particular. He, he is the greatest shooter of all Without time. Without a doubt. Yet... In the most crucial moments and crucial times of this of the of the playoffs, 
he crumbles. So it's a bigger indictment, and it's it's. I don't know. It's a it's a pretty big resume that's that's building right now. Pretty big case that's that's building right now against him. And and we said we said this before, but it, it kind of rings true somewhat. It's a pretty good analogy. But he's like the Clayton Kershaw of of the NBA. You know? Yeah. Minus the championships, because Clayton Kershaw has yet to win championships. But you know, just incredibly dominant in the regular season. Yet, you know. Very spotty results in the playoffs. I don't feel bad for him, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think he'll be fine. He's he got his super max, so he's sitting pretty in the Bay Area. So well, I, it's you know what's interesting though is I I feel like he still gets a pass. People aren't saying well, of course anything. the injuries. They're gonna look. They're gonna look at the injuries. Yeah, you know. So I don't feel bad for him at all. And by the way. I need to just say, you know, this, and this is why I'm so glad the fucking Warrior Dynasty is all intents and purposes over, is because I just cannot stand all these people talking about these Warrior fans crying and whining and bitching about how, you know, Warrior, uh, the, the, the injuries did the Warriors, you know, dirty. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Do we need to talk about all the previous times that the Warriors benefited from you know injuries to other teams you know most notable you know of the uh the cleveland warriors finals where you know the Cavs lost um you know caleb and uh, Kyrie. i mean come on give me a break this is it's so ridiculous and it just makes me that much more thrilled that this fucking dynasty the the softest dynasty in all of NBA history. Oh, wow. These so- charming, as our as our boy would say, charming soft dynasty is finally over. All right, rant over. Going in on the Warriors right now. <laughs> I do you I, agree though. This is such a soft ass dynasty though. I don't know. I mean, I I I do agree that I don't feel bad for them at all. I feel bad for Kevin Durant. I feel oh, bad for yeah, them for in- sure. individually, you yeah, know. Yeah. But as a team, no, I don't feel bad for them at all. <laughs> as they a franchise? had their time. It's time to move on, basically. Yeah. Um, so, but before we move on from the finals, I, I feel I would be remiss not to acknowledge um, that we have our first ever Asian American NBA champion in Jeremy Lin. Yeah. That's something definitely to, you know, celebrate as two Asian guys. Two Asian yeah. Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a big deal, even though he, uh, people are, you know, um, making jokes out of it, saying <coughs> that, oh, he has a ring when like Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, all <laughs> yeah. these guys don't have rings. But still, I feel like it's a huge deal for the Asian American community that we have one of our own as an NBA champion. That's definitely something that we should. Uh, note and celebrate. Yeah, he'll always be from here on out be recognized as an NBA champion. So, like, I think I think Jeremy Lin. I, I would say that he's had a good career overall. Oh, uh, based on absolutely, yeah, based absolutely. on the, all the shit that he had to overcome, and he still has to endure. I think, you and know? his um, you know, his talent level and everything. I think he's maximizing it so you don't uh, and i okay a great career right and and i i feel like well, this is a bit of off, a little bit off tangent but i think we absolutely need to to say this because we are a asian american podcast but you know 
some people may not know this, and if you're listening and you are, um, I'm not sure what ethnicity you are, but you know, from an Asian perspective, I feel like you know, there's a lot of awareness and uh, going on around about you know sensitivity to to different races, and it's great. I think that's that's exactly what we need to that's exactly what we need to progress as a society, right? Um, but for me, what I've noticed is that the Asian, the Asian ethnicities, there right now seems to be a, a pass on being able to shit on Asian ethnicity and being able to like make fun of Asians. Whereas if you had other ethnicities and you made fun of them in that, in the same manner, like all hell breaks loose. And you know, and part of that is also because there's a lot of like uh, organizations in place and a lot of people in with, you know, greater voices to speak out for their respective ethnicities. Yeah. But I think that Asians, it's kind of, it's almost in vogue to like make fun of Asians. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's partly because in a sense that Asians, you know, what are they by nature for the most part? They're very quiet. They're very self-deprecating. They're, they don't. They don't really speak their minds. They kind of just put their head down and they just kind of mind their own business and just kind of take things out on the chin, right? And so because of that, people kind of view that as a weakness. And a lot of times, Asians get shit on, you know? I mean, one clear example I remember is when Asians were made fun of at the Oscars by, I think it was like Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, but he made a very racist joke. Whereas if I the, faintly remember that. Yeah, yeah, if that joke was like any other, like let's say if it was an African American joke. Yeah, they wouldn't go there. Are you kidding me? Like shit would like explode. Like Twitter uh-huh. would explode and people would, you know, go ape shit over that, you know? So, um, yeah, and I, so I think that like, I, you know, things are changing now and things are, are progressing to uh, where everybody is, is more inclusive in that sense. But just talking about Jeremy Lin for a second, I think like, you know he and he's so soft-spoken he's so he doesn't really um i think share a lot of his struggles but it's so true like the kind of shit that he goes through the kind of shit that he's had to endure you know make no mistake he's not like a jackie robinson obviously but he's been very much disrespected very much like been ridiculed a lot as being the you know pretty much the only Asian in this league. Well, yeah, there's that. Um, I think we brought it up before that YouTube video about all the flagrant fouls that have been right, uh, right, done for sure. to Jeremy Lin, and yeah, it hasn't been called as a flagrant. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, I so I think in in my response to what you you're saying, <laughs> I I think it's a couple of things. Um, one, it is like the nature of just the general nature of asian people is like yeah to take it on the chin and to like not uh escalate any situation like for example like the the kenyan martin stuff that happened with him and yeah. jeremy lynn yeah 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 he was just like hey man like that's cool but <laughs> right. uh you know i don't i don't that's right. not what i was going for and i don't think that way well he does a very christian response of like turn the other cheek kind yeah, of thing. yeah yeah he was i mean he diffused the situation you know right. and i think that's what a lot of asians try to do at times is to like diffuse situations yeah, yeah. and again people view that as a weakness or you know people still see that as oh it, you know i can continue to just kind of shit on asians without any yeah, serious maybe. consequence or repercussions maybe you know yeah so 
all that is just kind of just a way to say that like what Jeremy Lin has done and what Jeremy Lin has accomplished, like I think a lot of people will not I think well the Asians will remember, but I think a lot of like other people, maybe of other ethnicities, um, will not will will fail to realize that he's just done so much, you know. Well well here's the other thing though too, is um Jeremy Lin so I feel like Asian Americans in general are still very ununified yeah absolutely because you know you and i we we're korean americans and i feel like korean americans will say that they're korean before that they're asian you know yeah and jeremy lin's what taiwanese and he'll say he's taiwanese and there's chinese people there's japanese people filipinos vietnamese thai whatever so it's still a very like yeah even segregated right and even to add to what you're saying like you know, you have a lot of Asians just shitting on other Asians, too. Yeah, it's you know? like, I don't think so, every Korean out there is going to be, like, right. you know, screaming at the rooftops over Jeremy Lin's yeah. NBA championship, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just how it is. So I think that has a lot to do with why the voice isn't as strong as other ethnicities, too. Sure. But you and I, I think we're above that, so we're we're... We're here to celebrate Jeremy Lin's accomplishment, uh, regardless. So it's um, a it's a nice feather. Yeah. It's a nice Congrats feather. Congrats to Jeremy yeah. Lin on his championship. I think it's a big moment for Asian Americans, especially those that those kids that are out there, you know, striving to be NBA basketball players. Um, so kudos to you, Jalen. So the Raptors, they've been um, celebrating these couple, past couple of days. Have you seen any of the uh, parade? I saw little, you know, little clips here and there, and some pictures and stuff. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. It, I mean, it's a massive, massive group of people gathered. Um, I think Kawhi, Kawhi did his laugh for the people out there, which is cool. <laughs> you know, well, okay. So uh, before we talk about the even the parade, though, like, you know, since we're on the topic of legacy, though, I think another thing we should know, point out is Masai. The un the kind of the sort of the unsung hero of these of the Toronto Raptors, you know. Yeah. Um, everyone's talking about Kawhi and you know Van Vliet and you know even Kyle Lowry, um, but Masai is just has just been the. I mean, you can make a case he's the best GM in the NBA. Yeah. Right so, now. Yeah. Um. And I think it's a people. People might have argued for Danny Ainge, but it's not looking so well, good for him these days. Well, yeah, he's he's. But yeah, Masai's looking, right looking more, yeah. sitting really pretty right now. Yeah, um, and so I think a lot of credit should be given to him. Um, well, and, so much so that he's. I mean, they're saying that the Wizards are trying to poach him right now. Yeah, they're, they're even going to offer him a ownership, ownership stake. Yeah, stake. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, it just, and, I, and the reason why I want to bring that up, though, is just because I, I think that it can't be understated the, the importance of a front office exec who has the smarts, you know, the guts to make certain unpopular moves for the betterment of the franchise, for the betterment of the team going forward. Um, Are you saying he's a better uh, GM than Rob? Lincoln? I mean, uh, is that man. what you're trying to say right now? <laughs> No, I mean he—he's he, Polinka's. You know he—he's not doing absolutely terribly these days, but you know it's just—it just really highlights how important 
the the GM is, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, there has to be an architect to to right. crafting a championship team, and definitely he's he's the architect of right. this team. Right, right. You know, he he took a, took a big risk in bringing Kawhi Kawhi here, training away uh, Demar Derozan. Yeah, he drafted all these guys uh, that ended up being major contributors to this championship team. So you got to give him a shit ton of credit. Congratulations to Masai. He even got away with allegedly hitting a cop. <laughs> Which I, I mean, that just seems so, yeah, that seems so doubtful. But yeah, so yeah, kudos to him. Give him a ton of credit. Um, yeah, so the, the parade was today. Um, even, even before today, I think the Raptors players, they flew out to Vegas to celebrate the week, this past weekend. And uh, they weren't the only NBA players in Vegas oh, uh, this past weekend. Oh, here we go. So, it's uh, a nice little segue. So apparently um, LeBron and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook were out there. Just... By the way, I didn't know that Westbrook was like friends with those yeah, two. Yeah, that's a new, that's a new yeah, discovery for me Yeah, I thought that was well. interesting because he just kind of struck me as a guy who was just like... You know, he's part of the little... banana boat crew, I guess. Yeah, you know, you know he's right. he's elevated himself to that to that level. <laughs> well, Mello is kind of uh, he's kind of out now, you know. So I guess uh... yeah. So those guys were out in Vegas with with the Raptors, and you know, well, they were they were catching a uh, WNBA. Yeah, they were catching a okay. WNBA game, but uh, people can't help but to suspect that there might have been a little bit of linking up with uh, some of the Raptors players while they were out there. A little bit of an elbow rubbing? A little bit of a, hey, congratulations, how you doing? <laughs> you know, what are your summer plans and yeah. everything. So who knows? That's That could be in the works. But LeBron, let's just say he was a very busy man this weekend. A very happy him, man. Him and his team, you know, they we, we kind of at times uh, put them together as one group. Right. Uh, so he was a very busy man this weekend. Um, his agent, Rich Paul, was a very busy man this weekend. And uh, we got to celebrate. AD's on the way. AD is on the way. AD is on the way. So the, the trade went down. It was a monster trade. I, the, I mean, the Pelicans essentially became the... <laughs> The Los Angeles Lakers of yesteryear. Yeah, they have a lot of former Lakers on their team yeah. right now. When you saw the trade package, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, it was bittersweet. Um, just because, you know, you, you, you guys all know my affinity for um, my fondness for Brandon Ingram. But... And, and and I felt like it was an overpay for sure. I for sure I felt it was an overpay. And I don't care what anyone else says. What all the anti media, anti Laker media will say about you know um, about these Laker assets, it was an, it was an overpay for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, look, we got one of the top five um, players in the NBA. We got. A transcendent talent in Anthony Davis, and if when you are on the right side of on the receiving end of that trade, then you you just can't really complain. So I was, at, you know, you got to be thrilled. Yeah, it's well, it's 
Monday night now, and we've had a full two days to digest the trade. <clears throat> and I've had these past 48 hours to listen to the experts and hear what their thoughts are. I've caught up on a couple of basketball podcasts to hear what people have said. And it's pretty funny to me that uh, before Saturday, the whole talk was the Lakers don't have enough. Mm-hmm. to 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 be able to make this trade you know boston at any moment can come in and just offer jason tatum and it'll be a done deal you know that's kind of what people thought of these lakers players and once the trade happened i feel like everything flipped and now now the narrative is oh my god i can't believe they gave up so much for anthony davis yeah and it's like, i feel like it's very uh it's very funny to me that the opinions of the experts flipped the moment that this trade went down. Yeah. Um, and now they're, you know, they're saying, oh my God, look at all, look at, look at what the Lakers gave up for a player that was leaving them and that was headed to their, headed to their direction this whole time, you know? Anyways. But it's like, as, as recent history has shown, there's no way the Lakers could have waited or even risk not training for Anthony Davis at this juncture. Yeah, you know, a, a perfect example is Danny Ainge. This is a guy who, who, he's a risk taker, you know? And he risked it by holding on to a lot of his, at the time, what, what was considered his most valuable trade chips, you know? And yet, now he's, he's the one sitting in his office without... Anthony Davis on the yeah. team. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm saying um, the Lakers tried to wait a season for Paul George. That didn't work out. Right. They also decided to wait this season for possibly Kawhi Leonard, and it, that's not looking good anymore. Yeah. So I totally understand the move, even even though I, I do agree with you. It's, it was an overpay. Um, you gave up Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and three future first round picks it's a huge uh it's a huge pay for anthony davis so it wasn't overpay but at the same time i can't remember what was when was the last time the lakers traded for a player of anthony davis's caliber uh probably like kareem yeah, I mean... Back in the 70s. Yeah, you know, the last time we traded for an all-star was Pau Gasol, but Pau Gasol is not in the same tier. Anthony Davis is better than Pau Gasol. Yeah, Pau Gasol is not in the same tier level of Anthony Davis. Uh, and the crazy thing is Pau Gasol is a Hall of Famer, you know? Yeah. That's how good Anthony Davis is. So, um, we're yeah, getting crazy. We're getting and, and, a you know, generational talent. Right. Who's 26 years old? He's just entering his prime right now. And I was just gonna say too, though, like when we traded for Kareem, Kareem wasn't 26 when we traded for him. I think he was like 28 or 29. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're getting him in the absolute just prime years of his life of his career. I I find it kind of funny. Um. Uh, reading the reactions from Laker fans about this trade. And um, all the Lonzo stands out there are just <clears throat> in their feelings like crazy right now. Just don't know, just don't know what to do. 
very, very upset about trading away Lonzo Ball. Um, now that these guys are ex-Lakers, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart, I feel like... I'm not going to sit here and be like... Um, By the way, hold on. I want to ask you. If we had gotten the 11th pick instead of the 4th pick, do you think that trade still goes down? Uh, probably not. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> well, maybe if we had thrown in Kuzma. That, that would yeah. have been insane. We would probably have to throw in Kuzma. That too. is insane. All right. Yeah. But uh, speaking to the young Lakers that got traded, you know, um, now that they're no longer Lakers, I feel like I can be a little bit, I can be a little bit more objective about their projected career trajectory. Yeah. And I'm still going to sit here and think that Brandon Ingram is going to be a future all-star. I agree. I I mean, that's why it's so bittersweet for me because I I have just, I feel like he, and I was a guy who was super high on D'Angelo Russell, um, yet I'm higher on Brandon Ingram. And look how D'Angelo Russell turned out. He's an all-star. Yeah. And so... And I, and I think Ingram's going to be a future all-star. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo, I feel like, is still kind of a question mark. It can I mean, go either way with him. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's got all-star talent. He, I, I absolutely feel like he's got that ceiling. It's just he's got way too many question marks, you know? Yeah, he needs to um, refine his game a lot more to get to that point. To say the least. I mean, that, that shot needs to be more than refined it needs to be like revamped almost yeah, i mean you know? but, but he has a high ceiling like you said yeah so i i think it's very possible for him to be a future all-star absolutely uh i am very glad to see as a as someone who's a ucla grad and has had to endure lavar ball for the past <laughs> three years of my life as a sports fan let me just tell you that I am so glad that he's no longer associated with any of the teams that I root for now. So was he was he uh, shooting his mouth when he was in UCLA when Ball was at UCLA? Yeah, he started to towards the end. Yeah, he was criticizing the coaches. And oh, I remember that. that. That's right. Uh, you know, the the all the white players on on the team were, were not helping Lonzo <laughs> out enough. What a yeah, what a clown. So I'm. Certainly glad that LeVar Ball is no longer associated with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I could actually look at him now. It's kind of like how, how when Magic resigned, now his tweets are like... Entertaining. Entertaining. More than anything. You can chuckle at them. Yeah. And they're, they're just fodder for our entertainment. Yeah. So now every time I see LeVar Ball on TV, it's going to be kind of a funny... It's going to be a chuckle for me. Well, now. right now it's going to be more of like, it's your problem now. You know, looking at New Orleans and it's like... This is your problem now. You yeah. Know? So. So, you know. Yeah. Good riddance to LeVar Ball. This uh, guy just runs his mouth way too much, and it's just kind of destructive to any, any team that yeah. he's associated with. Um, so now, here's where the Lakers stand. Um, it's a little bit confusing at this point as to how much cap space we have remaining. Obviously, we only have like five guys on our active roster at this moment, so we need to fill fill the roster for next season. But we have anywhere from like twenty three million to thirty two million dollars in cap space. 
Um, well, that's all. It's like depending on when the Davis trade gets. Yeah, it's official, depending on when right? the trade gets official and whether AD will waive his trade kicker or not. Right. Uh, so I so the big question right now is, what do the Lakers do? Do they go for another max caliber free agent, or do they decide to use the rest of their cap space to fill the roster with strong role players? And I'm wondering what your take on that is, because I feel like I have an opinion on that. Yeah. Um, I, I am of the opinion that we... Uh, I'm not going to say we need to, but I'm of the opinion that we strongly... We should strongly go for uh, a third star. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I'm, I'm still willing to go to war with this team, but... I think we need to get a third. Not need, but we should. We should get a third star. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of of that opinion too. I feel like it's because not it's not absolutely necessary. Yeah, but it's pretty. It's you should you should you should inquire. You know, it's it's pretty damn crucial. I'm gonna say because here's 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 one thing, right? Uh, uh, is because look, LeBron is I would say still in his prime. But definitely at the tail end, and yeah. you know, the sun is setting. We're seeing the end of his career right now. It's it's within view. So, how many more prime years do you think he has left? I mean, who knows? I I would say two, maybe. Okay. Um, you know, and you can do a lot in those two years. Um, but because of his age, I think we need to get a third. That's one of the reasons why we should get third star. You know. Like, if we could get, for example, like a Campbell Walker, who for me is number two on my want list, right behind Kawhi Leonard. Um, like, th- right there, let's, let's just figure it out from there. Like, we'll figure out all the, all the de- other details later. LeBron, Kemba, and uh, Anthony Davis, perfect. And then you got Kemba and uh, Anthony Davis to, to bring in the, usher in the next you know, subsequent era. Well, Kemba Walker is, like, going to be 30 this year. Oh, I thought he was 28. He's going to be 30. Okay. Well, he's going to be 30 uh, next season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like he could still do that. Um, Yeah, you know, because I I just feel like if we just have LeBron and AD, it's going to be a fun two years, but beyond that, it's gonna get pretty dicey, especially with all the picks that we no longer have. You know. Yeah. So, I I think, so I think, LeBron and AD, that's such a good duo that that duo can can beat any team. Well, if the if the uh, complementary pieces are in place. Right. Well, it, just speaking of, let's just let's look at just the duos in the NBA currently. Speaking of on just on just duos right now, I would say that's the best duo in the NBA right now. Like on by paper, a good margin. Yeah. Especially when you factor in that Kevin Durant is out. Yeah. All of next year. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's you know that kind of makes me feel like yes, they should look into the possibility of signing a max free agent, but I don't think they should put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah. Like when when it's when it gets to June thirtieth, 
I feel like they should contact these guys like uh you know Kawhi, Kemba Walker, Kyrie even though I know you don't like Kyrie but like <laughs> they should still you know see what what where his head is at and which we don't know depending on the day. Yeah, and you gauge it off of that. You gauge it off of the interest in these free, big free agents. I mean, even throwing Jimmy Butler too, you know. And then if this is this is where Rob is going to earn his money basically. Oh, without this a doubt. Like, without a doubt. If you feel like you got to really evaluate like what your chances are with getting these big names and if you feel like the chances are not good, then you got to pivot quickly to like the complimentary pieces. Yeah, and let me just say right now that Rob Polinka, my opinion of Polinka has not changed a single bit, and he has he has not earned his paycheck right now. Like, there's nothing that he has done with this deal has. There's nothing about it where you should be like, "Wow, he is like, he's really turned things around," or he's really shown that he's a really good. No, that's false. It's anybody could have made this deal. It's essentially just. Who do you want? Here's a, uh, a sheet of the whole Laker roster. You know, minus LeBron, who do you want uh, for Anthony Davis? It was a very similar deal to what was reportedly offered in February. Yeah, and, you know, like, I, I don't think there's anything where it's like, look, if he had included Kyle Kuzma, then it's like he has he's then he really had would have had no business being in any capacity of a front office position um but making this deal there's nothing that's like brilliant about it you know but going forward now this is a crucial legacy builder right now of where this team is going and what he can do with you know the constraints that are now on this team you know yeah. Um, okay, so apart from apart from these big names that are out there, have you given any thought to uh, maybe like guys that? Well, okay, let's start with let's start with the guys that were on this team this past season. Out of those guys, um, I feel like there's a couple of guys that we can bring back for sure. And um, one thing is for sure, like. I I swear to God, if Palinka brings back Rondo, then he has learned nothing. I mean, I feel like that's happening. That I feel like that's going to happen, to be honest. <laughs> Just based on the relationship that... The yeah. supposed relationship that he has with AD... Yeah, also that LeBron. Just, that, just, that, 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 that would kill me. Because... Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Alex Caruso back on the Lakers. Sure, but you know, I'm even now. Now that we have our big man, I would be cool with bringing Javale back to the team too as a backup center. Yeah, maybe if we can't get like a Brook Lopez, you know. All I all I'm saying right now is that Palinka, if he's learned from his mistakes, he needs to not bring anybody back from the meme team. He needs to wash his hands from all that shit. Because all that whole experiment was a utter and complete failure. Well, what if, what if he can sign Rondo back for the veteran minimum? Though? I don't even want him for I, I don't even want him as a veteran minimum. Because I think he will be more disruptive than anything. 
even if he's in terms of like his lack of production or i'm gonna say even if he's productive that could be disruptive because what is rondo product what is a productive rondo is a guy who plays what he just gets a lot of empty assists in my opinion empty calorie assists he doesn't play good d anymore and his shot is completely broken so unless he can find his shot all of a sudden actually not fine unless he can somehow discover a shot we all we know what he is he's a guy who has terrible defense now can make a good pass here or there doesn't really do much of anything else and so for me he we just if he if he's being brought back then rob polinka is rob polinka and he has learned absolutely nothing from his past <laughs> failures i'm gonna just say that right now okay so who should he bring back then I don't know. Anyone not named Ra- um, Ray Jean Rondo? Um, I think we should bring out uh, Bullock. Okay, yeah. I think. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's so clear. He's a good shooter. He's, you know, he fills a need on the team. Um, I think Reggie Bullock should come back. I think, I think we should definitely give Caruso a look. Um, not even give him a look. I would bring him back. Yeah, sure. I would. Yeah. Uh, for sure, I would. I, you know, I tweeted, like, I don't know, like a couple of months ago of how Alice Caruso is the kind of player that we're going to, he's going to end up somewhere like on the, on, in Charlotte and he's going to be killing it. And then there's going to be people, Laker fans just whining and bitching about how we let him go for nothing. I could just imagine those tweets, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I could see that happening. But um, yeah, I would love to bring Alice Caruso back. Um, try to bring Brook Lopez. You know, find out what what where he's where he's at. Um, you just got to bring back you know guys who d up, guys who just keep their head down and just do nothing but work. Um, guys who shoot, basically the opposite of the meme team. So have you, so have you looked into any like free agents out there that you would? want the lakers to sign i well i haven't yeah I, I haven't seen what do you have a list no i mean okay. i've just there's guys like um uh darren collison oh Lobo. i would love collison uh you know obviously like guys like danny green jj reddick all um, amazing all those guys would be amazing and but the thing is it's like how much what is their what kind of salary are they going to come in? You yeah, know, in the open yeah, market. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's it's like a that's huge true. question. Yeah, that's true. Because you know, Collison got paid ten million this past year. Reddick got paid twelve million this past year. Danny Green got paid ten million this past year. Yeah, and they're going to be demanding just as much this year too. Yeah, it would. I mean, they would have to be ring chasing specifically to to take less and well that's... Danny Green obviously has two rings already so I don't think he's gonna I don't even want Danny Green to be honest with you. oh man uh, I don't I'm not a believer in him strong words <laughs> right here damn I thought I was the only one sh- just shots fired I think but... he's a little overrated in my oh, opinion oh shit all right okay um uh you know might have been a little mean but that's just my opinion <laughs> uh JJ Redick, yeah, I he you know he he's gonna he's, he's gonna cost he's gonna cost too much. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. Yeah, so it's up to Palinka to find these gems, these hidden gems yeah. that can. Uh, you know, I come swear to God, if you bring Zach Rajon Rondo, it shows that he has zero creativity, zero. 
I mean, honestly, yeah, you cannot, it's, it's not, it's not going to move the needle, but you cannot have a point guard that can't shoot anymore. I'm just saying, it's just not, you, you, it's just not feasible. And Rajon Rondo will eat minutes no matter what. He's going to eat minutes. He's going to eat minutes on this, on this team. That's why I, have, I don't want any part of him, you know? If he I'll doesn't have, eat I'll minutes, you know that, if he uh, doesn't eat minutes, he's going to bitch. He's going he's gonna to whine about it, you know? I'll have you know that he shot 36% from three. This past Whatever, <laughs> dude. Let me, just, let me just ask you right now. In a crucial moment in the playoffs, when everybody's covered... And the ball gets kicked out to Rajon Rondo for the most crucial three. I mean, he's... You know he's going to miss that. Look, you know he's going to break that. I don't want him to be the starting point guard for the Lakers by any means. You can't, you can't discount the fact that he is like a battle-tested like, player that's gone through it all. Yeah, you it's, know? it's just and not, from it's all, not worth the headache And from all me. accounts, it seems like he was really good in the locker room this past year. So, I I thought that he would have been. I thought going into the season that he was going to be. Uh, he could have been a bigger headache, but he, you know, it seemed like he was a very good influence overall in the locker room. So there was something that happened during the season where he was just a complete asshole. But I, I don't. Remember. The whole thing about him like sitting like a few seats like in I don't away remember. from the bench or something like that. He kind of got. Kind of got skewered for that, but uh, I didn't think that was much. Yeah. So I would be okay with him on a minimum contract, but not not like the nine million that he got this past year. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's there's we got the big we got the big fish. You know, we we um got the most crucial piece. You know who I would? Uh, actually, I don't even know. I don't think Demarcus Cousins would receive the minimum. So, see, to me, I feel like he's a more of a headache than Rondo. No way. I mean, Demarcus Cousins is still in his prime. You know what I mean? So, if he's in his prime and he's contributing something, then it's like you put up with that headache. Rajon Rondo is miles away from his prime. You know, and also not not only that, his game isn't even tailor made for this modern NBA anymore. So. It just the strengths that Rajon Rondo, like prime Rajon Rondo, would not fit in this league anymore. Well, yeah, that's all true. Um, but you you brought up like think you brought up like non basketball related things to that are negatives for Rondo. And well, I think those things are more even more negative for Boogie Cousins. Well, I mean that. Well, that I mean I. Well, there's a huge thing. With, there's a huge piece with Rajon Rondo is is that he. You know, like I said, his his game, even in prime Rondo, was is not made tailor made for modern NBA. That's what my problem is, is that he's way past his prime, and even in his prime, it's just what doesn't fit in today's game. Mm-hmm. Demarcus Cousins, on the other hand, he is for sure a headache, but he's he's a modern big man. You know, maybe not the prototypical one, but he's a modern big man. And to have him coming off the bench, if he were to take the minimum. I would understand that. So, so I would understand that. There's no saying. way he would ever come. He wouldn't. Off the bench he again. wouldn't. So I, 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 I yeah, I can and, see and that. If he's... He, and if he was starting a lineup of him, AD, and LeBron, that would be like. I will. He, be... he. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he wouldn't work be starting in today's NBA. Yeah, either. I hope he wouldn't be starting. He'd be coming off the bench. But yeah, I mean, it's a moot point because he wouldn't. 
He wouldn't take uh, the minimum. You know, and I know now. how much you hate players that like get like unnecessary technical oh, fouls. Oh my god, that's the bane of my existence. And, and he's like a prime yeah. suspect of that as well. Yeah. And he's coming off an Achilles injury, which well, it'll be a year removed now. But yeah, you always have to consider that. Too, and you, you do, know? right? That's yeah. what I'm saying, which brings me yeah. to which KD, which is why I would avoid that guy. Yeah, you know, because I, I did, um, there was some, like, sports doctor that was, like, talking about Kevin Durant, I think. Yeah, he said something, he'll never play a full season again, ever, or something yeah, like he'll, that. Right? Uh, yeah, he'll never, um, the KD that, you know, that's, like, average, like, 30-plus game, 30-plus minutes a game that plays, like, a full season, like, those days are gone. Yeah. And he'll always, like, have, like, a minutes restriction. Yeah. And and he is a player that's much more reliant on, like, explosiveness than uh, DeMarcus Cousins, For too. Sure. Which makes it, like, super fucking sad that he tore his Achilles. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge black eye to the Warriors franchise. The Warriors front office. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know... How this uh, roster is gonna fill out at this point, but uh, was definitely a huge moment for the Lakers to pick up Anthony Davis this past weekend. It's a franchise-altering move. Yeah, and and I feel like um, the Lakers are now in a position that it's like must win this year. Must win. It's championship or bust. It's if we don't win a championship this year, this year it's a failure. I'm going to go as far as saying that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely. Which ha- is exciting now. Which yeah, makes which it. Which I like that. I mean, if you're. That's, we're, that's what the Lakers are. You know? We're at. The, you know, we're at season six, season seven of Game of Thrones. There's this <laughs> anticipation where we're like, holy shit, we're at the end game. This is, this is Avengers Endgame. This is like. You know, we're at we're we're there, you know, we're here, baby. You know, this is it. Put up or shut up. So you know, hopefully it won't turn out like season eight of Game of Thrones, but you know, this is it like, right here. It feels like Lathanos has just one more infinity stone to collect. Yeah, yeah. No, this we're at we're at on. that point right now where the anticipation is now very much warranted. So it's it is hundred percent all systems go, championship or bust. Anything less than a ring right now is is a utter failure. Yeah, and definitely LeBron needs to win one in the next like two years. Oh, that that's it's a minimum one. It's two a minimum of one. Is minimum of one. Two is strongly encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> if we were, I mean, if we were doing LeBron's performance review and just talking to him, if he was an employee, and you know, um, you know, if this if this was like a scene in a movie where he was an employee, or if this was like whatever, then that's how the performance review is going. It's just one ring. Is um is the absolute minimum. Two is strongly encouraged. You know, one ring will get him his annual three percent raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And two ring, two <laughs> rings might even give him a promotion. Yeah, it might make him VP of yeah. whatever. You know, so um, yeah. This is this is it right here. It's crazy because as much of a shit show as the Lakers have been, it's like they got LeBron James one year and then Anthony Davis the next year. Yeah. We're basically right where we 
it's basically things have gone according to plan as crazy as it sounds. I mean, I'll because we weren't going to win one this year. Yeah. In, in the most like the the most rosy of situations, it just was not likely that we were going to win a championship this year. So we didn't win it. We still got LeBron and now we got AD. So I mean, I think we got to like spend some time giving an RIP to all the all the players that had to die for this moment. <laughs> I mean, you had pour some for our homies, D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, Ivica Zubats, the number four pick that that could turn pick. out to be an All Star. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson. Even though I mean, Larry Nance. Larry Nance. That's a whole. That's a whole roster right there. That it had is. To die for these two players. Yeah, and it, the, the hilarious thing is that <laughs> the Lakers front office is so horrible that we literally like fifty cents on the dollar. You know what I mean? Like we've just been so just excessively just just not. We were not frugal. We just like we were so irresponsible with our assets. And yet, here we are. Here we are. It's exactly. a double-edged sword, though, because Anthony Davis is, like, such a phenomenal player. Yeah. Um, he, the, I've, to me, like, the thing... I feel like he could be on the same plane as Kawhi eventually. The only thing that's differentiating them, differentiating them right now is the, the playoff accomplishments, basically. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. in terms of, like, skill ability they're like on the same level right he can dominate on offense and defense and he might be an even more um rare commodity because he's a big man he's a big man for this modern game yeah 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 and he's younger than Kawhi too so it's yeah it was the price was very steep you know a lot a lot of players had to be sacrificed for this moment but Anthony Davis is that good. And I think we've kind of been saying that this whole time. We always kind of knew how good he was, you know? Yeah. And so I'm excited to see... I'm ready what, for the season to start yeah, tomorrow. I'm, I'm excited to see what Braun and AD can do. Like, even though AD never has gone, like, super far in the playoffs, like, I have the utmost confidence that he can rise to the game. Well, like, I mean, nothing this is would, a... <laughs> nothing, Nothing can convince me otherwise that he won't live up to his... This is ability. You know, if if you're listening to this and you're not convinced that he is a transcendent talent, just pick any year and check out his game logs. I mean, they're they're video game box scores. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, the there's the that famous uh, stat that's being thrown out uh, lately. You know that if you look at uh, the all time. PER career PER leaders. It's like Michael Jordan is number one, LeBron's number two, and Anthony Davis is number three. <laughs> That's crazy. That I, is this crazy. is like one of the b- best. I mean, they're they're arguing right now, and you even kind of made the argument. Well, yeah. they're arguing right now that Anthony Davis could possibly be the best teammate LeBron has ever had. 
automatically. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a bold, that's a very bold statement considering Dwayne, I, that's, you're sleeping on Dwayne yeah. Wade. I mean, I personally feel like anyone who says that is being disrespectful to, <laughs> to and, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> and, we're, and we're not even Dwayne Wade fans. We're not even Dwayne Wade stands or even just fans, but yeah, I mean, that's, Dwayne I mean, Wade I'm a was, Dwayne Wade fan. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I, I, like I mean, but he is, yeah, he's the third greatest shooting guard of all time, so... He was a finals MVP by the time that LeBron joined him. Yeah. And yet, there are people out there arguing that AD is already the best teammate that LeBron You has could had. argue that Dwayne Wade's peak, it was better than Kobe's peak. People would, I don't know if you can say that's true, but there's an argument to be made. He I think Kobe one, had... He had one yeah, really monster Yeah, season. I mean, yeah. I think Kobe, I mean, look, Kobe's second greatest shooting guard of all time, don't... Don't, you know, don't be firing up your laptop right now sending us a very angry email. I mean, we are 81 points podcast, but and Kobe had the longer uh peak, longer prime. Yeah. But absolute peak Kobe versus absolute peak Dwayne Wade, you can make a case. I mean, Dwayne Wade had some insane defense. Yeah, I mean, his his uh 06 finals was more dominant than probably anything that Kobe did. Yeah. Well, I will say part of that was cuz of I think the refs were, you know, gift <laughs> yeah. wrapping that, you know, in a nice little bow. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, that is very disrespectful to Dwayne Wade. Um, but, you know, and I've said this offline, like, there is no doubt that Anthony Davis is like a million thousand gazillion percent better than Chris Bosh. And Chris Bosh yeah, is a Hall not, of Famer. Yeah, that's, yeah, Chris Bosh is definitely a Hall of Famer yeah. too. Um, speaking of Kobe, and then we were talking about Kawhi at the beginning. I feel like Kawhi has a chance to eclipse Kobe if he plays yeah, his cards oh, correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because he's already matched him in finals MVPs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I think... Come on, Kawhi, just come to LA. You just ride your way to, like, three more rings. That's what? That'll put him at five, unless he wins, like, two of those three. That that puts you that puts you up on that in that conversation, no doubt. Yeah, I mean there there is a contingent of the Lakers fan base, although it's getting smaller. Uh, that still is very much in belief that Kawhi Leonard is headed to the Lakers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I'm not buying it that much anymore. But yeah. um, I mean the uh, Odd Shark they updated their odds for Kawhi today, and it's like. It's going more and more towards the Raptors' favor yeah. that he's going to resign. Yeah, I think the Raptors are like minus one forty to resign Kawhi. I think the second closest is the Clippers at like plus two hundred or something like that. And I will say this: you know, we started this podcast by saying, "Man, Kawhi, such an easy guy to root for. Super happy for him. Super happy for the Raptors." Let me tell you right now: <laughs> if, if this, the Clippers. yeah, this motherfucker joins. <laughs> The Clippers, all that shit goes out the window, and he is public enemy number one. Just anybody but the Clippers, all right? Well, yeah, just anybody but the Clippers, man. It would, it would bring back memories of uh, Chris Paul being traded to the Clippers. Yeah. Although, I, I, I don't think Kawhi's as annoying as Chris Paul, though. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Paul, did you, did you hear the <laughs> the news about the Rockets? And I I did. How? Uh, why, why don't you uh, give a little uh, 
you know, uh, summary of what uh, that... Harden and Chris Paul are, <laughs> are not uh, really uh, the best of friends these days. Which is 100% unsurprising. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense because um, if you watch James Harden play, like, if he doesn't have the ball, he literally just stands there and does nothing. Yeah. And Chris Paul is obviously the type of guy to call him out on that. And uh, I think Harden's response was something like, well, you get beat off the dribble all the time, so just shut up and watch me or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So things are not looking so uh, good. It's not the looking Rockets. rosy. It's not looking rosy for the Rockets. Um, but yet, everyone just can't stop talking about the Lakers. And like now, that kind of story would make much bigger headlines if it was two Lakers players oh, saying that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'd be all over first take and all over uninterrupted. It'd be, uh... yeah. So the Rockets are kind of screwed right now because they, uh, I think people are also reporting that Chris Paul is wants out of Houston, but obviously they can't move him because of his mammoth contract. It's 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 pretty insane how much his stock has fallen, how how big of a fall from grace he's 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 gone. But he, I mean, he was. For the longest time, for like a good decade, like a top five player. Yeah. You know, so I, I still, man, I, I, I still had to do a little what if with that, you know, because Chris Paul and Kobe on the same team. Yeah. That, would, that could have been an all timer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the Rockets are screwed. Uh, another franchise that looks kind of screwed is uh, the Boston Celtics, too. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about that. Now, um, I think their treasure trove of assets is very dwindled at this point. Well, you know, their assets took a huge hit too. You know, like okay, so Jay, uh, Tatum is still a you know darling amongst all the prospect heads, right? But Jalen Brown, are you kidding me? That guy's stock has fallen significantly. Yeah. Um, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's like a shadow of his former self. Now you know he he doesn't really have an excuse anymore because he's you know he's pretty much healthy. Um, you know even Brad Stevens his his the, you know the shine off his stars has dimmed a little bit. You know so yeah. Um, they have three first round picks this upcoming draft, but I think um, people are saying they're probably gonna shop at least one of those picks. Yeah, for I don't know what. But it looks like they're headed towards next season um, with uh, their dynamic deal being Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. (laughs) So good luck with that, Boston. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's exciting times in Lakerland. And uh, we definitely need to go to some games. uh, For sure. Next season. We'll live tweet at some games. I've never seen AD play in person, so... Um, that'll be, I, you exciting. know, with, with everything that's happened with, you know, the injuries to these, some of these, you know, superstars on the Warriors, uh, the state of the NBA with, you know, the landscape, current landscape right now, you got to think that LeBron right now is just kind of think he's, he's smiling right now, right? Oh yeah. He's smiling right now. He's like, I took a one year hiatus and now like. It's it is there for the taking, right? There. The stars are aligning for him too. Yeah, it really is. Take over, take over the league again. Once again, yeah, yeah. But it's it's 
Rob, Rob's got to fill out the roster. That's like crucial yeah. now at this point. It is. So I think what we have about two weeks until free agency starts. Uh, the draft is this week, but you know, now that we no longer have num- <laughs> number four pick, it's really a moot point yeah. now. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be new news coming out at some point this week. Uh, that whole how much salary cap space do the Lakers really have, that has to be sorted out yeah. at some point. Because right now it's under speculation, I think. Yeah, that's how much yeah. cap space we really have. So um, we'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, yeah, exciting times. I think we're back to uh, definitely back to being a contender again. So that's it's only taking us what six years at least. Almost, I would say like eight years. Yeah. When was the last time the Lakers were a legit contender? That was like 2011, maybe. Well, it it ended with Kobe's Achilles injury. Yeah. So yeah, or 2013. So yeah, <coughs> six years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm, I uh, you know, playoffs haven't haven't been back in the playoffs for a really long time. Well, it's good to it's a good feeling because it's you know in the NBA, it's not about just making it to the playoffs. It you know you need to for it to be legit, you have to have this expectation of well, of course we're going to make the playoffs, but. The expectation of we're gonna win every playoff series and see if we can win this whole damn thing. Yeah, you know, and that's the expectation that we have right now. So, it is a pretty damn good feeling. It's over half a decade, you know. Yeah, so high. We're back to playing high stakes poker again. It's like championship yep. or bust now. Yep. So, uh, yeah, let's let's end the podcast there. Um, so exciting times ahead, and uh, we'll be sure to be back to. Uh, Talk about whatever else comes up. uh, Which surely will happen. Yeah, with the Lakers, which surely will happen. So with that said, um, thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.